Take your Bible this morning and go to the 42nd Psalm with me, and in just a moment I'll ask you to stand and we'll read uh, the Word, and you follow along as I read out loud. Psalm 42, you found your place. Now let's all stand together and read the Word, and uh, you listen. We're not certain of the author, but we believe it's David, and I'm going to be preaching uh, as if David wrote the 42nd Psalm. We're not certain of his scenario of where he is, but we know that he is in a dark place. I have uh, borrowed a sermon title uh, from some others that have preached from this, my own message, but I've stolen a sermon title, When King David Sings the Blues. Psalm 42 and verse 4 of chapter 43 really go together, but we'll look only at the 42nd Psalm today and see David in this dark place in his life. Many believe he's running from Absalom, his son, who's stealing the kingdom. We know how that turned out for Absalom. He wound up uh, hanging in an oak tree and uh, dying there. Nevertheless, David is in a dark place from some situation in his life. Maybe it's his family. Maybe something else. We're not 100% sure, but we know he is overwhelmed. Maybe you're overwhelmed today. There are mental health issues all around us. We dare not make light of them or ignore them. Uh, I read this week of those that are quitting their job, if you're a millennial, 68% have said it had something to do with depression or mental difficulty. Generation Z coming up to 81% of this mental anguish that is there. Hear the word of the Lord. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of his presence. Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Nazar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, O my soul? And Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him the help of my countenance and my God. 
Father, I pray today that you would lift us up. Lord, we've all had difficult days, and yet, Lord, some, much more than others, falling into despair, depression, leading to suicidal thoughts and mental anguish. I pray today that your word would strengthen us. And Lord, if we find the man who had a heart after your heart singing the blues, we know that many under the sound of our voice struggle with it as well. Lift us up today and teach us to hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and be seated. The church dare not today deny the reality of mental anguish by preaching what my friend Ron Dunn used to call <laughs> a zippity-doo-dah kind of faith. Uh, Ron said when people would have these tough days, people just say, well, just have faith and everything will be all right. Ron Dunn, one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard, his son Ronnie Jr. committed suicide. And it took Ron and his wife down into a dark place in their life for a long time. He had to fight through the Word of God to come up out of that deep place. And as he said, the zippity-doo-dah kind of faith didn't do it. He said, just say the Word and everything's right. Uh, it took the power of God within his life uh, to get him where he needed to be. Mental illness, defined by some as a physical dysfunction of the brain that causes inability to think, to feel, or to act in a person's normal manner. That you would think, or feel, or act in a way that is not normal for you. In reading on this message, I found that the leading mental illness disorder in our nation, I, I, I just had a hard time believing, but statisticians say eating disorders are number one. I've talked to a few people walking through that issue. Evidently, it is very, very widespread. You dare not make fun. Mental is, struggles are real. And the church must be a place where we love those who hurt. And verse 5 says, why are you in despair, O my soul? There's David. Verse 11, he says it again. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Verse 2 says that his soul is thirsty. He's in a dry place. And verse 3 says, I cried day and night. And in verse number 9, he asks, Oh God, where are you? It's as if he is all by himself. And beloved, I want to tell you something this morning. I want to encourage you and exhort you. Do not listen to yourself. You cannot believe what you will tell yourself. 
What you must learn to do is speak to yourself truth, God's truth. It's okay to speak to yourself God's truth, but, but you can't believe everything you think because you will tell yourself some things that are not true. You must learn from the Word of God to speak truth to yourself, and we must learn to love people who are hurting in this mental anguished way. It has gone through the roof in these last 48 months in this COVID environment. Suicide among a young generation is rampant again. People thinking of it, rampant again. I saw a picture a couple of years ago. I kind of dismissed it, but then it came back in something I was reading this week. In London, they have bridges that go across the streets. Now, not London Bridge, okay, it's different, but uh, bridges because in, in England, the traffic has the right of way, not us, not a pedestrian. You get run over. So in many places, busy highways, they, they've built walking bridges across, and they're high. A couple of years ago, it became popular, it became uh, kind of a hot picture of a young man who was walking across one of those bridges in London and he was going to take his own life and he stepped over the side of the bridge and he was getting ready just to drop down in the middle of the oncoming traffic and die there. And others that were walking by that did not know each other and did not know him saw what he was about to do and they ran and they began to grab him and hold him and they held him for two hours until authorities could get there to give him help. As a matter of fact, the picture shows that someone even brought rope and they tied him to the bridge. I thought to myself, should that not be the church? When we see people that are in these difficulties and tough situations, should we, you, you don't even know each other, you don't know, but you run and, and, and you, you have community. You build that. And if people are hurting and trying to take their life, and if they, goodness, they ought to be able to find help here. If they can't find it here, where would they find it? Among the people of God who know God to put their arms around each other and love them, not make light of them, not poke fun, but to love. Now let me say in, in this message right up front, in full disclosure, I am not the counselor. I am not a counselor, nor the son of a counselor. I, I, that's why we have a counseling ministry here and have others in this church that are marvelous counselors, and I am not included in their number. Uh, I often say the only counseling method I know is that's a sin, stop it. That, that's my counsel, okay? But there are others who can help and, and take us there. But we started that ministry uh, I had Rachel in my office a couple of weeks ago helping me with, with some people, uh, our counseling leader, uh, that needed much more than I could do. And we must learn that when people are singing the blues, we don't press them down. We pick them up and hold them close. What do we do? What did David learn while singing the blues? Well, Proverbs 4.23 teaches us that you must watch over your heart with all diligence because it's out of that that flow the springs of life. 
That that comes forth out of your heart is really out of your mind, that that you think. You've you got to watch that. You've got to guard that because out of that will flow all the issues that we deal with. What did David teach us in this psalm in his despair? Well, three things I want you to see very quickly, and then we're going to invite you to come to faith in Christ and come join a family this day. Well, what did David say? Number one, he would say to us, remember, and we find that word in verse 6, and we find that word in verse 4, remember some things. Remember, first of all, the power of God. Never forget the power of God. In verse number 6, oh my God, my soul is in despair within me, therefore I remember you, Lord, from the land of the Jordan, the peaks of Hermon, and Mount Mizar. What's he talking about? Three, he, he gives three locations. And all of them have the power of God. He, he says, I will remember you, Lord, from the land of the Jordan. The Jordan is in Joshua 3. They're bringing the ark across the Jordan. How do they get across the Jordan? God dams up the river. He calls it to stand in a heap, and they go across on dry ground across that riverbed. And they bring the ark. Never discount the power of God. Never doubt what God can do when you cannot. He can reach to the depth and He can reach to the height and everything in between. There is nothing too hard for God. Don't forget, always remember the Jordan, the power of God, but also Mount Hermon. That's Joshua 12, chapter 12. That's when all of the enemies, the kings were coming against Joshua, against the people of God. And Joshua 12, when they come to Hermon, we find that they are dispelling king after king after king after king, and God is giving victory. Never discount the enemies that come against you are not real and that God cannot overthrow them. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We were singing that song this morning from Luther's pen. Oh, the world, even if it's filled with devils, and it is, amen. You don't have to look far to find devils in this world today. You carry it in your pocket. You got your phone. Your phone, your pocket is with devils filled. Let me tell you, God can overcome even the devils of hell that come against you. Remember the power of God at Jordan, the power of God at Hermon, the power of God at Mizar. This is the only place this word is found in the Bible. Spurgeon says, and he's a pretty good author. Spurgeon says that Mazar was the lower tier of Sinai where Moses received the book of the law. Friend, what you need today is the power of God's Word in your life where God gave to Moses the Word of God. He gave to us the Word of God. You need to read this book every day before you go to any other news, before you go to any other source. This is the source. This is the power. You need to read it every day of your life. You need to begin your day there. I'd end your day there with the Word of Almighty God. It is the sword of the Spirit. It will divide between your spirit, your mind. So it'll help you divide what you're trying to tell yourself and what God's trying to tell you. Now, 
as we enter into the new year in 2022, I'd encourage everybody to read through the Bible, but some of you are brand new believers. You've never read through the Bible before. Maybe you all just read through the New Testament. Maybe just start there. Because I'm telling you, when you, when you start plowing in Leviticus, it, you may get bogged down, all right? Now, there's time to read. It's everything in the Word of God is helpful to you, but some plowing is a little more difficult than others. Maybe just take the book of John and try to read through the book of John again and again and again. If you're a new believer, that's what John's for. But let me tell you, never discount the power of Almighty God. Remember, He can do all things. Secondly, not only remember the power of God, but remember the people of God. Now listen to me. Look, look, look right here in, in verse number four. David said, these things I remember and I pour out my soul within me. Look what he said. I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. David is the king, would take the people and he would lead them in procession. There'd be thousands of them and he would lead them up to the temple of God. Look on in verse 4. He said, with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. But notice he says, I used to go. He's not going now. Where is he? Most people that read this think he's running from Absalom. He's away from Jerusalem. There is no temple. There is no worship. He, he's away. He used to go, but he doesn't go now. Let me tell you, you need the people of God. We need the people of God today. I want to say to those that are online with us today, we thank God for you. We love you. We're grateful. Some of you cannot come. You should not come. There are health issues. There are COVID issues. But some of you have just gotten comfortable at home and you need to return to the house of God. You need to come home. We need you and you need us. I met a lady coming in this morning. She hadn't been here because she's taking care of her aged mother and she hadn't been able to come. She came today and I saw her and I said, oh, and I called her name. I said, I've missed you so. She said, Pastor, I, she looked right at me. She said, I have missed my and she watches every Sunday. She's in a Zoom class a couple of nights a week. But I'm telling you, Zoom will not replace the boom of God's people. Won't do it. You need face-to-face. -face. You need a touch. I understand the difficulty. And, and we're always in. It's why we've had this television ministry for all these years. And now on Internet and radio and all other ways. Hmm. But there's something about being around God's people. Face to face, hand to hand, that we need it. And we invite you home again to this place called Olive. No, notice what he said. I used to go up with them, and there were two things he said happened there with the voice of joy and the voice of thanksgiving in this multitude keeping a festival. Joy and thanksgiving. There's something about coming together with God's people that gives joy, and another place it gives thanksgiving. Uh, let me tell you, filled with joy. When you see people saved, joy. Uh, when you have someone meet your need, joy. And then you give thanks. You know, Thanksgiving is this week, of course, on Thursday, but we ought to be thankful people all the time. Last month was Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, somebody, I think James Dobson made that up years ago to try to encourage preachers. And so it's been happening. Last month, our deacon chairman encouraged all of our deacons ahead of the deacons meeting to write a personal note to the pastor. And Dr. Passmore was there that particular day and asked him to write a letter to him too. 
our deacons wrote me and I took these home and I laid them on my table and I didn't read them all at one time there are others that are in there long I, I got a note this morning this, this note was on my desk when I arrived at church early this morning it is a note from a preacher in Gainesville, Florida he heard me preach a few weeks ago and he had written this note and it wound up on my desk he so encouraged me this morning I sent him a text. I had his number, and I said, I said man, you, you were just God's agent to put gas on the fire of my soul this morning. But all these deacons and others, many of you wrote notes uh, during the month, but I, I set those down, and I took two of them every morning. I didn't read them all at one time. I just took two every day. What just seemed like every day I'd get just what I needed. Out of it. There wasn't a negative word in there. Not a negative comment. Now, you know, in the Greek, deacon means negative comment sometimes. You, you can find that. Because they help us and they encourage us. Amen. Love. Thank God for those men. But they were there just to encourage the pastor. And I took those and just right when I needed it, Thanksgiving was there. See, I needed that from those guys. And they brought those notes to me at that meeting and gave them to me. When you come up to the house of God, you find joy and thanksgiving. Listen to me now. Listen. Mental anguish, the first thing that you will tell yourself is, I need to be by myself. Isolation is what you'll tell yourself and it's what the devil is. You don't need to be isolated. Isolation will cause you just to think no one cares. You just go home, you say, well, nobody's called me. Well, you had not been either. You say, well, nobody, we don't even know. I got a lot of gifts, but mind reading is not one of them. And I only know three people in here that have the gift of mind reading. My wife. You think I'm kidding. She read my mind. She read your mind if you get around to you, all right? See, when you isolate, you just give the devil a time just to beat your brains out. You need God's people because where two or three are gathered together, who shows up? The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. God's in our midst, and that's what we need. Remember the power of God. Then remember the people of God. Some of y'all to come join. We had four, I told you earlier, we had four people in Germany. Joined the church early this morning. Thank God they've been watching online and came, moved here. Joined today. Amen. Come be a part of the family. You ought to come today and, and do that. Remember the power of God. Remember the people. And thirdly, remember the principle of God. What's God's principle? It's found in verse 5 and it's found in verse 11. Look at it right here with me. Look at it. Verse 5. Why are you in despair, O oh my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. Amen. Verse 11. Why are you in despair, O oh my soul, and why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. Say it with me. Hope in God. One more time out loud. Hope in God. That's the principle. Find your hope 
within God. I went in, I've studied this word hope this week out of the Hebrew tongue. I cannot pronounce it. I can't say it. It has a deep guttural in it. I can't, I can't do it without spitting on the first six rows. And then I'd probably get it wrong. Just trust me. That Hebrew word with that deep guttural within it means to wait. The root word is wait. We wait on God. Some of the greatest men and women used of the Lord have walked the lonely road of depression. John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace, he dealt with it. He came out of slavery and godlessness, and God saved him. Moved him to Olney, England. And in Olney, England, he met a man by the name of William Cooper. C-O-W-P-E-R. I would pronounce it Cowper. And I pronounced it Cowper in a seminary class one time. And I was rebuked deeply in Jesus' name. And from that day to this, I have remembered it is not Cowper, it is Cooper. And I said, well, if it's Cooper, why don't you spell it right? <laughs> William Cooper. When John Newton met William Cooper... Cooper was in the insane asylum. Deep depression. He wrote at least 75 hymns that are in our hymnity through history. William Cooper did. Newton wrote Amazing Grace and others. But William Cooper said, I would not have made it had not John Newton come alongside and helped me. And, and out of his inner man came phenomenal music birthed in mental anguish. You may know these words. You can look him up in your hymnal in front of you and find many hymns. But he wrote these words. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and he rides upon the storm. When you're in deep water, God's walking. There he plants himself and he rides upon the storm. He's our lifeguard. He comes to take care of us. David has a good word. A counselor can have a good word. Your parent can have a good word. A friend can have a good word. But no one has a better word for the mentally anguished person than the Nazarene. If you've got your Bible, I want you to turn. One last verse, I want you to see it in Matthew chapter 11. Turn with me to Matthew 11 and look at verse 28. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says this, Come to me, all ye who are weary. Anybody tired today? Heavy laden. Oh, anybody carrying a burden today? <laughs> I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus said. I'm gentle and humble in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm. I was a little boy. It was New Year's Eve. Up on the mountain where I'm from in Alabama, it had come a big snowstorm. Daddy had to go out in the back yard. And when he did, I thought, well, I'm going too. He walked and made those footprints, and I was trying to follow him. But I was just small. I got stuck in the snow. Daddy picked me up, and in his Alabama vernacular, he would say, he toted me back to the house. He picked me up. I just small. Fast forward 60 years. I keep this picture in front of my Bible. It's my family, mom, dad, my children, grandchildren, son-in-law. I look at it almost every Sunday before I preach just to give thanks for the goodness of God. Daddy's in his 90s. I was home. He's working in the shop and he's trying to pick something up and put it up on the workbench. Them old feeble bones can't get it up there. I said, this, he said, we'll do it together. I said, all right. So I picked it up, and he stepped aside. I put it on a workbench so he'd go back to work. Everybody needs help sometime. Everybody. Everybody needs help sometime. And if the world is not going to find help here in Jesus' name, where are they going to find it? We ought to be the people of God. Putting our arms around those folks and loving them to the Master. Creating community that stands on rock-solid truth, lifts up the Master, and says with Jesus, come to me. That's his invitation to be saved. Come to me. All ye, if you're weary, if you're heavy, like come. You'll find rest for your soul. Soul rest. That's what Jesus gives us. He changes you from the inside out. 
And so we invite you to come to Jesus. Now I'm going to pray. Those of you online at 94,000, text me if you want to reach out to us. We'll reach back to you. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to pray. They're going to turn off the cameras and I'm not done. Father, move among us. Meet our need. For the person, Lord, maybe a young adult struggling with depression, suicide thought, encourage them today. Help us love them today. In Jesus' name.